1: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
2: From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. This season, we're bringing in leading female powerhouses to take a deep dive into the topics that matter most to you technology, money, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it, we're covering it all. Tune in every Wednesday for career, real talk, and BS free advice from the best in the biz. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. It's hard to remember a time when companies could sell products without an ingredient list, keep their process as a trade secret, and have values based on profit over purpose. But not anymore. Today, transparency rules and consumers are demanding it. From the ingredients to how it's made and the contributions your company is making into the community, all of these are critical to business success in 2020 and beyond. Starting a business today is about so much more than just turning a profit. When you hit launch, you're also making a commitment to your customers, employees, yourself, and the planet to build a mission-driven company that values purpose and profit equally. Entrepreneurs are being held to a higher standard now more than ever, but Mary Grace Sexton and her daughter, Natalie, are up for the challenge. In fact, Honest Transparency has been at the core of their business, Natalie's Orchid Island Juice, before it was a buzzword. Mary Grace launched the business in 1989 with $20,000 that she had saved from a job as a manager. Her goal, to compete with the preservative lace cartons on the supermarket shelves, and guess what? She did just that. Natalie's keeps it simple, which is why there are never more than five ingredients in each juice. No preservatives, no artificial ingredients, and no GMOs. Her commitment to uncompromising quality and honest transparency has captured the hearts of consumers too sales last year topped $60 million on a volume of 7 million gallons of juice. For this episode of Work Party, I sit down with Mary Grace and her daughter Natalie to dive into their authentic mission, how private equity nearly spoiled everything, and why her fresh take on juice has built a $140 million company. So let's get right into it. So welcome to the show, Mary Grace and Natalie. We are so excited to have you. So we're going to just dive right in, and we like to start a little bit at the beginning. So Mary Grace, I'm actually going to start with you. So hard work and business ethics were instilled in a young age for you. You were raised by a single mother who worked as a housekeeper. And at 14, you worked at a movie theater and later as a waitress to help pay back your family's electric bills. So you've been working hard for a long time. So how has that experience shaped you and instilled your drive to be as successful as you are?
1: Okay, how's it, it's driven me that um, I don't like poverty and I don't like um, debt. So so our growth probably could have been we're we're a lovely growing company, but our growth could have probably been a lot bigger if we had incurred debt. And then we bought another building. We have a little bit of debt. It's just the you know, when you witness the emotional struggles that it put on my mom, it's just it's just real life. And
2: understanding, you know, I I am actually in a very similar boat. Like our company is completely self-funded. We haven't raised any money and I don't like owing people money or being in debt. And I think that's something that was instilled in me by my mom generationally. So Natalie, for you, how has seeing your mom's drive from an early age influenced your own?
0: That's a great question. Um, you know, Mary Grace's drive was was translated both in, in her career, but also her personal life. So we saw it in every aspect of what we do. You know, we were supposed to be intentional with, whether it was personal, leisure, even career, we were supposed to be intentional with our direction and how we wanted to approach life as a whole. And I think that that's more of a philosophy than necessarily a quality. Um, and she did a great job at instilling that in us without even knowing. It was something that you, you actually observe I think you learn more from a parent by watching them and watching their habits and their traits. And I think it was something that we learned by watching her every day. And it's transcended to my sister as well. My sister actually has taken more of the entrepreneurial gene and started her own business, Bonded by the Burn. And so I think it's something that we've definitely inherited and utilized as a gift and and directed that energy to, to... grow our careers. I love that. And, you know,
2: so Mary Grace, jumping back to you, you saved $20,000 from a job as a receptionist to launch the company in 1989. First, why Juice? Curious to hear that side of the story. And two, you know, how did you know what to do in that
1: moment with that money? I wasn't a receptionist. I was a manager. but And so I had, it had, so there was some managerial skills that I had ingrained in me from my first boss. Believe it or not, it's my husband's idea. And he kept and he kept sitting there and, and he would say, I have this idea. And he had two degrees. He had a finance and economics degree and a master's degree. And so he had this idea and he would just he just had this wonderful idea. And I was busy having Natalie and I was busy, you know, managing the radiology firm. And I love the radiologist. And I had always been in medicine prior to um, juice, but juice had to be clean and it had to be cold. And so the intensity that I had and that I showed was just what we needed. Bobby was very
0: much the strategist, but Mary Grace is very much the executioner. And you need you
1: need both in a successful team. What's cute about it is he had this strategy. Okay. And he had this budget. And he had and none of that is what you go by in my in, in my experience. I'm not even gonna say my opinion, in my experience, you just you just it's you have to be so driven. You, you just can't, you know, like it says, calculate something, you know, if that calculation doesn't come out right, you still have to drive through whatever you're going to do.
0: And entrepreneurial nature, isn't that very much a survival mode? You have to fight through the obstacles to get to where you want to go. Correct. Mary Grace. Y- yes.
1: Yes, it is. In, in, in my, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. So a lot of the times, you know, I think Bobby would get very caught up in the strategy, whereas Mary Grace is very execution driven. And sometimes you need that and, in a very new young business, you have to drive towards your really what the vision of what you're trying to achieve. But
1: very very early on he realized that strategy wasn't going to work and he said, okay, very early on, he got out of the operations. He was never truly in he always had his own packing house, but in the beginning he said I can't even be close because it was a lot more intense than what than what he had anticipated. In fact, he came in one day, he said, you know, I said, oh, I had a little bit of a rough day today. And he goes, well, I told you only to do 10,000 gallons and this was the plan and this was the strategy. And I said, oh, so when God gives you all the blessings of all this other business, you say, oh, no, no, that's not in my plan. I said, Bob, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. You just take you just take that like we got our first order on Thanksgiving. OK, what are you going to do? You're not going to say, no, I'm not taking it down to you on Thanksgiving. No, you take your you drive it right down to Miami and you get that order down there. Yeah. It's always exciting
2: at the beginning, looking back, I feel like when you're in it, it's like, (laughs) ah, what am I doing? So yeah. So tell us a little bit about that story. So, um, you know, you installed 2000 gallon stainless steel tanks and a juicer, and you delivered your first pallet yourself in a butcher's refrigerated truck that you borrowed. And on top of that, you're, you're a new mom, you have Natalie. So take us back to that time. You know, what were some of the hurdles and how did you persist even in the most challenging day?
1: I know it sounds really bad. And, and that's why Natalie's such a blessing because like, I can't remember any of the hurdles. It's just like when you're going that hard and that intense, there, there's there's not a hurdle. It's just, what are you going to do? What What is the next moment? You know, like one time my brother and I, he had come on, he was very gifted in sales and he was working for a large company. And he, he kept seeing me go down to Miami to try to get my first customer. And he kept saying, drop the juice off and bring me some juice. And so I would And he goes, man, this is really good. So he came on very early and like one time we just got on the road and that's before cell phones and everything, and we were just gonna to drive to New England and we were gonna get some customers. Well, accidentally on the way, we gave away two exclusives. And so we said, oh yeah, you can have the juice exclusively right here in the Washington DC area. And then you can have it up here in the Boston area exclusively. We're not, and we are very loyal people, very loyal people. And and so we, and trustworthy. So we gave the exclusives out, uh, exclusives out and by the time we hadn't even driven back yet, someone called my husband and said can't anybody tell the truth around here because we never realized that the truck from boston would go all the way down to washington dc to sell juice never realized it so what happens is we had to make a a very lovely deal out with the gentleman in new england and he he had a lovely deal so everybody was happy but never we were so naive who would think that you'd be delivering orange juice from boston down to washington dc when they had plenty of their own so we just it, it was it was exciting but you know you never think about how hard it's going to be. It's just something you do.
2: Hey, work party listeners. I don't know about you, but I've kicked my self-care routine into high gear during quarantine, particularly my skincare regimen. Taking care of your skin is so, so, so important, whether your skincare concerns are dullness, redness, fine lines, or acne. Trying to find the right treatment can be so frustrating. Well, great news. I found a simpler, smarter solution to skincare. Let me introduce you to Rory, a digital health clinic for women. Rory is the sister brand of Roman, a male-focused healthcare solution. Like Roman, Rory makes it simple to connect with a healthcare professional online who will help you decide if personalized prescription skincare treatment is the right move for you. You can do this all from the comfort of your home. Simply go on your smartphone or computer, complete a free consultation, and wait to hear from a U.S.-licensed healthcare professional within 24 hours. If appropriate, they'll prescribe a personalized skincare treatment plan that works for you and your skin. It really is that simple. With worry, you don't even have to go to the pharmacy. Your custom skincare is delivered right to your door with free two-day shipping. You can also follow up with a healthcare professional anytime if you need to make a change to your treatment or have any questions. They're with you every step of the way on your skincare journey. Plus, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So head to HelloRory.com slash party to try out Rory's customized prescription skincare, Nightly Defense, for just $5. It's free to chat with the doctor, and your first order is just $5. Again, that's HelloRory.com slash party to receive customized skincare for only $5. Eligibility requirements and additional terms may apply. I'm Karine Eldor. Ever feel like you're playing small? Well, turn up the volume on my podcast, Share a Voice. Every Thursday, I sit down with the wave makers and game changers on everyone's radar. I'll be sharing inspo and takeaways based on my conversations with disruptors, visionaries, and compelling creatives about how they express themselves in their work. Prepare for tons of mic drop moments and subscribe so that you catch every soundbite. I'm fascinated by the power of feeling heard and taking up space and I'm amped up about sharing these conversations with you. I'm curious, like, did you ever think about how successful it would be? So just some stats here, you know, in 2019 sales topped $75 million, and you've been ranked as one of the nation's fastest growing private companies by Inc. Magazine three years in a row. So from renting or stealing cars, refrigerated trucks, doing this, You know, saving $20,000
1: to that. I mean, did you ever think in a million years that that's what it would be? I really never gave it any thought. I just knew that from the day you start is you always have a competitor right behind you. And so as long as you're staying in front of that competitor with something, like I'm never going to be a Tropicana, but our quality, our customer service. So as long as you stay in front of them, that's the way you go. And I never really gave it much thought about success because I really don't believe in that. You know, that, that could be fleeting too. So, I mean, I just believe in hard work. We provide really good jobs. I tell Natalie, you know, sometimes she, she says, you know, why am I working with my mother? And but, and, but I say, it's a deep, it's a decent job for you, Nat. She, and you know, I have to give her credit. We were going as a business for a long time. And then like, when she came on, about eight years ago, she had come in. It was a beautiful thing. She came in from the mission field right out of college, and she's going to be our director of marketing with no experience. And she did an incredible job. And when she landed here, she got herself in, in, in you know, she got herself comfortable. And then she rebranded us. So when, we were, when she rebranded us, we were not only like a, a 25-year-old company, but we looked like a startup. So that's when the growth started going at 18% a year for four years in a row. And we, and we were really slamming it to where I was getting really nervous, you know, because we got to move. We have to build another building. I said, boy, it's coming fast. Get the millennial in there to rebrand. Like so great. But not only, you know,
2: Talk about working with your mom. You know, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of actually like, you know, founder teams and now co-workers in, in the mother-daughter realm. You know, talk to us a little bit about
0: that experience. It's been a great experience in the fact that I'm not sure we're like most brands where we've seen in a very short period of time, such exponential growth for such an old brand. Do you see what I mean? Usually in startups, you see this fast growth because it's new, it's a, it's a new brand. It might be in a new category. And so what I think was most interesting is that you had the history And you had the establishment of a 20-year-old brand that was, you know, had a foundation, yet was in a category that was very traditional. Orange juice, I mean, there was nothing really new, right, about orange juice. I mean, it's like, it's a staple item. And so what was great to see is that Mary Grace, which she did so brilliantly, and this is what I, I actually learned from her the most, is that she saw that the company had reached a point where it was really at a turning point, right? How do you take a really traditional category? Not a lot of innovation. And not only that, but how do you take a 20-year-old company that's pretty established, kind of not stagnant, but I would say they might have been stagnant, and hired a succession team in between her family and got new talent to bring a new direction to the business. And that point when she did that, she changed her team. She hired an excellent outside experience, people with, that, that are absolutely brilliant. Um, and she led them to help change the trajectory of, of orange juice. And, and we, once that happened, started seeing, like she said, anywhere between, I think at the highest, we were seeing almost close to 25% growth in a year. So you would see anywhere between like 18 to 20% growth for, for the past five years, every year. And so I think, I think that that was probably the best part of what I saw was a transition right? A transition between phases in an old business and and got to learn from multiple teams within our company. And openness to a transition,
2: which I think is oftentimes not, you know, not something that we see. So it's like the fact that Mary Grace was open to that is so amazing. And so, you know, to your point, you know, you came on eight years ago. I feel like that was probably like peak juice boom, right? Where everyone... All of a sudden it was juicing, and juicy. It was right before. Okay. So, so that happens. You guys were at the forefront of the clean label movement though. So can you talk a little bit about that and how you guys were really ahead of the curve and how you sort of tapped onto this like
0: new boom of the juice culture? Right. And and that's what I tell people a lot of the times is that like, although we had the quality and we have the process and we have the philosophy behind the brand, that clean label movement and juicing culture that really started to blossom, it was actually six years ago, happened at the right time as we were rebranded. It was like the perfect collision. And we always told people, well, this is, this is a great trend because we've been doing this for 30 years. It's not a trend for Natalie's, it's a lifestyle. Right, it's what it's what we believe in. We said we we were doing it before it was chic. Yeah, we've been we've been juicing before it became chic. But yeah, so so clean label was very natural for our brand to adopt, right? And as the clean label movement and the juicing movement continued to progress, it became more competitive to compete in that space because we were all saying all the brands were saying and marketing the same thing. But now, what I try to do is I really try to direct consumers to understanding quality of the ingredient, the form of the ingredient, and how it's processed. Because that is what truly determines a clean food. Does that make sense? You can have tons of breads claiming clean food and you turn it around and they have natural flavors, beet coloring, carrot. It's, it's like carrot powder for coloring, right? That is not clean. So what we say is clean means that the form of your ingredients should be as wholesome and as, as close to their original state. Does that make sense? So if you're gonna use, for example, we make an orange beet juice. If you're gonna use beets, it should be a beet puree, not a beet concentrate, not a beet flavor, not a beet coloring right? Two ingredients, very simple. And then we go into even a deeper topic as well, how processes that ingredient? Because a lot of times brands will use ingredients that have been processed three times before it even gets inside the juice or the bottle. Do you see what I'm saying? So understanding how many times something has been processed, because that'll tell you how much nutritional value is in there and how much remains. Because if you process it for an extended period of time or with, you know, X amount of heat, pressure, whatever it could be, you're ultimately diluting the nutritional value, right? So really keeping things as close to their original raw and authentic state is really the true definition of a clean brand. And the way that you learn that is one, doing research on the brand, but two, reading the ingredient statements.
2: And now for a break from today's episode to hear from one of our sponsors. Did you know that 80% of women will experience hair loss by time they're 65? Though the issue is often stigmatized or kept under wraps by those experiencing it, it's incredibly common. But that doesn't mean we need to suffer through it. Enter Vegamore, a natural and effective hair loss solution that won't negatively impact your health. Vegamore believes that hair loss should not be a taboo subject, and they're on a mission to destigmatize it. Their products are certified vegan, cruelty free, clinically tested, and toxin free. They're safe for everyday use and even better, they actually work. Take it from the hundreds of reviews from women who've experienced life-changing results. And great news for you, you can subscribe to your favorite Vegamore products to ensure you'll never be without them. While the products are effective, they're not magic potions and you won't see results overnight. Consistency is definitely key. When using Vegamore consistently and over time, you can expect to see a noticeable difference in just three months. With changes as early as four weeks, anyone can do that. When you subscribe, you'll unlock access to additional savings and you have the freedom to cancel anytime. Want to experience the hype for yourself? Try Vegamore right now at Vegamore.com and use code PARTY20 at checkout to receive 20% off. Say goodbye to hair loss and hello to a safe, effective solution. Go to Vegamore.com, V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com and use the link in our description for 20% off. Thanks guys. So we've talked a lot about orange juice, but you guys offer so much more than that. So you launched when you, when you joined the team, Natalie, three new wellness drink flavors, I've tried them and they're amazing. So can you talk a little bit about
0: introducing these new flavors into the mix? We launched our new, we called it holistic juice line. It was very much playing into the functional category, juice shots, kombucha, and what it was, was it was capitalizing on the quality of our traditional juices. We have award winning high quality orange juice, blood orange juice. So we use those traditional juices that consumers know and love that we have a reputation for. And we use those as the base and then looked at what consumers were wanting from their brands and their foods. What were they wanting to use food for, right? Because people are now using food as medicine. And so we we hand-picked ingredients that we found, one, would help improve the overall beverage um, functionality, and then two, still maintain true to our philosophy of quality. If it didn't match our quality, if we couldn't source the quality that we were looking for, we weren't going to produce it. So when you have a new trend like functional juices, which is a subcategory of, of juice and orange juice, there's still always a space for the quality-driven brand right? The authentic brand. And that's what we wanted to be. You'll still see a lot of brands out there that claim functional, but again, have 25 ingredients. And you're like, how can my celery, how can my celery beverage have 25 ingredients in it? (laughs) Totally. So so we capitalize on that saying, listen, we're going to give you the functional beverage you're wanting. It's going to have minimal ingredients. They're going to be pure ingredients as, as close to their form as we can, we can literally source, but it's also going to enhance your beverage experience and your, and your overall wellness experience as well. That was driven by Mary Grace. She, it, was, it was actually her idea. She was thinking of juice shots before juice shots became a trend, but she was thinking of it in a pure form. Do you see what I'm saying? Like um, we were gonna offer, it was really cool. We were gonna offer pure, cause we make an orange beet juice. So we were gonna offer beet puree in shots, but, but the whole marketing concept was to blend it into our current juices. So it would be almost like Tabasco bottles on a, on a tomato juice, right? So you can put your, like make your tomato juice spicy. But anyway, so we were, you
1: know, then the juice we kind of moved. Around. We moved slow and then and then the juice trend came or the shot trend came. Natalie does what the consumer likes and enjoys. OK, and I do like what I want. And I know it's terrible. Like, I really want to beat orange because I really want to ride my bike faster. And so I said, OK, we got to have the beat orange. And so then I came up tomato juice. We were the only company that made a fresh squeezed tomato juice in the country but America wasn't ready for the tomato juice. They just don't want it. They, they want, if they want tomato juice, they want all the stuff in it. And I said, no, tomato juice is such a good recovery drink. So we still have that on the back burner. We're still going to try that again this month. I just feel like somebody's going to want it. I love the beet orange. Oh yeah. That is my favorite. See now, like when I, when I take, when I beat the beet orange, I take a lot more beet puree home and put it in mine because, but. Yeah. But everybody can't take that much beat.
0: (laughs) So just not not to stay too long on the tomato juice, because we really are believers of this, but pure tomato juice is actually very low in calories. And it's, it's a very light, refreshing taste. It's almost like watermelon water. Yeah. It's very similar to watermelon. But the lycopene in tomatoes is is the whole marketing and nutritional like element that, that athletes want. And that's, that's what you would market to the consumer. The problem is, is that I don't want to say the brand, but Brands out there that make tomatoes have trained the consumer to think that tomato is salty. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yes. So when we came out with this tomato juice four years ago, it was so light, so refreshing, like a watermelon water. Very not not potent, right? They were like, "This isn't tomato juice," and we're like, "No, you're thinking of a Bloody Mary mix with like you know 400 milligrams of sodium. That's not healthy for you." But then looking at like celery juice blowing up out of nowhere, maybe tomato juice is next. We don't know.
2: We don't know, Mom. It might be time. Yeah, we're we're doing it. We're (laughs) relaunching this. So, I want to talk a little bit about the business. So, Mary Grace, you know, in 2001, you sold the company to a private equity firm, North Castle Partners. So, why did you decide to sell at that time? And ultimately, can you tell us about the path afterwards um, and how Natalie ended up back in your family?
1: Natalie, sorry, not Natalie. She never left. (laughs) So what it was is they came in, they said that they could do so much more with the company that I would, that someone like myself who's limited can't take it to the next level. And they were going to do such wonderful things with my top eight executives. And so like we took a vote and I really, I didn't vote because it's not my, you know, I had no, I have nowhere to go. I'm just, I'm just a worker bee. So they thought, well, maybe it would be a good venture, you know, a good, good thing to do. And so that's how it happened. They just said that they could grow the company and that they, they could do more for my employees than i could. and i thought okay well
0: they thought because they had the resources, they had the they had the team that could that could probably grow the the brand faster. they thought they could grow it they could grow quicker than mary grace could. and and what they realized is that the meticulous process was more challenging to manage than they thought. because what mary grace does is it's Although it, it, it is a scalable business, it is very challenging in the fact of how she produces the product to retain the quality. And a lot of times that's not something that someone wants to manage because financially, I mean, it's a challenge as well. I mean, you're dealing with fresh fruit all the time, right? Mary Grayson, doesn't that tie up a lot of your assets?
1: And I think consumers are looking for that. It's just like like Odwalla. I mean, Odwalla was not a, a bad situation, but what was it? Did it just have too many ingredients? Say, I
2: think with Odwalla, I think you're right. Because I think what happened is the fresh movement came along, the clean ingredient movement came along. And when you're at the airport and looking to grab a juice and you're desperate, you're like, I'll grab the Walla," but it's has a million, it's like, babe, there's no fruit.
1: Like, what is it? We don't know. And you know, it is scalable. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. You just, you're squeezing fruit. And really it's quite simple. If you think about it, you're just squeezing fruit. When I, when I interview executives, they go, why do you, why do you do it the way you do? Like we get our orders at five o'clock at night. Through the day, we get our quarters, and at 5 o'clock, they're put in the system. And we make that juice, and it leaves on the truck the next day. So I, when I interview executives you know, that come from bigger companies, they go, why do you do that? Why do you rash yourself? And I say, because I prefer to. I prefer to make it that way rather than put a longer shelf life on it and things like that.
0: But it's just a preference. So when the the company was bought, you know the quality of the product deteriorated, and I think a lot of the customer relations also we're not we're not a priority any longer. So when Mary Grace came back in, the first two things that she did was she focused on quality of the product. She turned the the quality of the product around um, and got it back to that award winning standard. And then two, she focused on rebuilding relationships. So Mary Grace's core value is is really relational relationally driven. She believes that she should put her customers first no matter what and that what they are wanting is her priority. And that was quality. Quality is what sets Natalie's apart, is that we put our time, energy, and resources into producing a quality product despite what that might cost.
1: And our customer service hasn't changed in 30 years. An executive, every customer complaint that we get, thank God we don't get many, but an executive (laughs) calls them back. An executive will call the customer back and say, listen, we are so upset, you know, and then we talk them through it and and then we send them a little gift.
0: (laughs) 12 to 24 hour response protocol that you have to verbally contact every complaint that you get. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. So long story short, buying
2: back all of Natalie's essentially. So, so now, you know, you're back in the the driver's seat and being able to do it the way you want. And you're very hands-on. You walk through the juice plant several times a day to oversee your 145 plus workers. So can you describe your leadership style? Mary Grace, you can go first,
1: then Natalie, you can talk a little bit about yours. Okay, now there's 200 employees. We have to have a, a little bit of an expectation for some intensity and and accountability. I mean, because you're you're serving the customer. Like I tell people, we have the best customers in the whole world in the whole world. And so every competitor wants my customer. So if you don't really want to come and take care of the customer that day, you might as well just stay home because that's what we're going to do all day. We're just going to make juice that they're happy with and 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 take care of our customers but it is a little bit more
0: intense. She operates very much like a, she operates like a, an entrepreneur in the sense that she wants to move, she wants to move quickly. You know, when you start to get to the size, you start to, you know, you start to become more process driven, which we are, we're evolving that very much. But the Mary Grace is like, she talks about the competitor. She wants to drive forward. So sometimes you would say that she's a very driven CEO that, that that trickles down to the team. You know, we want drive, we want passion, but we want also, intensity as far as care and attention to what we're doing. Of course. Of course.
2: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. It's the same as I'm sure when you ran it, when you had five employees, it's the same sort of mentality. So Natalie, tell me a little bit about your leadership style.
0: My leadership style definitely portrays what what she has as far as passionate and intense, but I'm, I'm more of a firm believer in accountability. I think a lot of times accountability is, is, is really big and being effective in what you do, right? It's not about, it's not about being busy. It's about, you know, being strategic and how you execute. And so that is, that's always my, my direction with team members is, you know, what are you supposed to be working on as far as, you know, projects or, you know, where are we working towards and how do we keep each other accountable in doing that?
2: And so when it comes to failure and things like, you know, the private equity not working out or, or, you know, really that not your fault, but theirs, but you know, how do you deal with failure? You know, what, when something hasn't worked out for you, what do you do in those moments? Mary Grace, I'll, I'll throw that to you first. Nothing, pick up and keep going.
1: It's not a failure until you quit and you don't quit. You just never quit.
2: Now, obviously there's so many entrepreneurs out there. So many people trying to start companies. What advice would you give to someone listening with aspirations of getting
0: in the beverage space? Like what advice would you give them? Quality and branding, have a story and set yourself apart with quality, you know, because there's so many brands that have fantastic marketing strategies and fantastic branding and a lot of money. Well, they don't have the quality and the authentic story to really carry it through for years. Do you know what I'm saying? It'll last them five years, 10 years, but what about 30 years down the road? You know, you want the consumers to be relatable to your brand.
1: I just say, because, you know, we compete with these companies that get like $50 million cash infusions, you know, from investors, and then they, then they use a co-packer. So they have, that's all marketing money. That's all marketing money right there. Poor Natalie, she does all her work on a very, very, very small budget.
0: Mary Grace brings up a great point is that we're more than just a marketing br- and a brand, right? She, she does production. She deals with the finances. I mean, every company deals with finance, but, but managing the production process is a, is a tedious process, whereas a lot of brands have it, they, they
1: have someone else manufacturing it for them and they just put a label on it. And you would never, you would never believe this, but people are stunned when I, they say you manufacture everything. I said, yes, we make everything. They, they're stunned because so many people use co-packers now. It's just amazing.
2: All marketing. It really is all going to the marketing. And to your point, the authenticity is really everything. So we're going to wrap with some sentence finishers. The hardest career decision I've ever made. Mary Grace. I don't think I've
1: made any. Does it make, I, that sounds so ridiculous. Because Natalie, answer for me.
0: No, I agree with what she says. I don't think that there was one that was hard. There's there's many that are challenging, but they're all opportunities that we've built upon. So there was never one that defined, you know, every the trajectory of the brand.
1: Uh, you know, and, and this is probably really bad. I know it's supposed to be a one sensitor, but I don't feel like I have a career kind of like I feel like I have this job and I know that I know that we're a juice manufacturer, but number one, I'm an employer. Okay. Number one, I'm an employer. So the, the first thing I have to do is to be a really good employer and care for the people that God has put in my life.
2: When I feel fear, I drive, drive harder towards a direction. Awesome. And authenticity is
1: Transparency. Transparency and raw.
2: And Mary Grace, what's next for you? You know, you've been doing this a really long time. Do you have any further aspirations? Are you just. I
1: do have a dream, but they all make fun of it. And then Natalie has to settle it in and, you know, get me to real. I really think we are a wonderful juice company. We are wonderful. But I do think that we could kind of be a wellness company too, because we do believe, like she mentioned, her sister, Bonded by the Bird. I believe that, you know, now that everything is available to everyone online, you know, fitness. We should we should incorporate fitness into you know what we believe in, and also we had started a nonprofit called AGAP, which is a detech where where we take people away and just take them away from their technology. And I think that mind, that mindfulness, and I don't I, I know that's a common word, but that freedom in your mind is something that I really wish we could put some more focus on but we all have to first we have to make a lot of juice
0: (laughs) yes yeah so so mary grace has been she's been really focusing on how do you expand your wellness ecosystem right because food is only one part spirituality is only a part your physical wellness you know well-being is only a part so when you add all these pieces to the puzzle they need to be aligned so that you are truly progressing to the best version of yourself and so that's why mary grace had a gap which was very much a a a mental, spiritual wellness program. She has Natalie's, which is nutritional and then bonded by the room, which is Lucy's new fitness platform. You know, she's hoping to get more involved with that to kind of put the whole picture together. And we'll see where that goes, but that's, that's what Mary Grace believes. It's not one piece, it's, it's multiple.
1: See, like our employees, we, we have an exercise a fitness room and, and there's, and we were exercising, but when, when the virus came, the trainer didn't feel comfortable coming in, but the employees still need to exercise. And so this next week, we're going to start with Bonded by the Burn, and we're just going to have it videoed in, and then the employees can do it. But employees feel a lot better when they exercise. They even like, they like me more. You know, everybody used to say, oh, nobody like, but now when they start, (laughs) when they started exercising, there was so much love going around. It was so beautiful. Get
2: those endorphins up. I love it. Well, we're so excited to see what you guys do next. Wellness feels like a natural evolution to what you have both built. So congratulations. And thank you guys so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of WorkParty, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at WorkParty. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on WorkParty.com, so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.